0: Thank you. writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. I am so excited to welcome back the award-winning director, photographer, author, and just an all-around really nice guy, T.J. Scott. We're going to talk about his new things, Departure, Hudson and Regs, and Pretty Gritty, We're also going to talk about other stuff. We have a really fun discussion. Here's TJ. Hi, TJ. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, nice to be here. Thank you very much, Sherry.
0: How are you doing? It's been a while.
1: I'm I'm doing really well. Um, It has been a while. I think it's been like almost a year since we talked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's been over a year. Yeah. You must be doing all kinds of fun and exciting things.
1: Always (laughs) That's what I like to do. <laughs> uh, mostly, uh, I've been doing a TV series called Departure. And uh, I'm executive producing it and directing it. And it's uh, six episodes a season. And that kind of consumes my time because I'm there from day one of the writer's room until all the way till we deliver the final finished copy to the network. Um,
0: I love and- it. I, I've watched it. It's a great show, it's so amazing.
1: It really is, it, it's fun and it's fun to do because it keeps changing and it's, it's, uh, people may not know what it is but it's, uh, it's like a uh, CSI type investigative team but what they focus on is major uh, traffic vehicle accidents so, and it's one accident or one disappearance per season. So in the first season uh, an airplane disappears over the Atlantic. And our team has to figure out the who done it of it. And then in the second season, uh, which is out in the states and Europe but not Canada yet, uh, is a high-speed train. And uh, the third season that we just finished filming, four days ago, is uh, is a ferry boat uh, that capsizes on its way from uh, Boston to Toronto, Boston to Newfoundland.
0: So it's sort of like. Um it's forgot what they call the team from that. When there's an airplane crash, uh, yeah. an ATF, I think, or something like that, that go in there, they find out what happened and all the, and they trace back the pieces of the whatever the plane is, whatever kind it is. So it's sort of like that.
1: That's exactly what it is. It's uh, you know, and uh, we kind of made up a fictional name for our investigative team, though we played as if it's. Uh, you, you know the real team, but it's uh, we're the FTSa, um, uh, and uh, it's led by Archie Punjabi, is the the lead of the show, and um, she's a Emmy award winning actress um, from The Good Wife is what people really know her from, but she's done a ton of stuff. Um, she was great in Blind Spot. Um, she did all sorts of stuff. Anyway, she's a fantastic actress, and we're just, like, so happy to have her, and she just really carries the show. I know, it's The Fall. I was trying to think of the first thing I'd ever seen her in was a show called The Fall, and she was just so good in that. Um, So she's our lead, and uh, Chris Holden-Reed plays opposite her, and Chris is kind of, he's been in a lot of shows, too. He's kind of known for Lost Girl. Mm He was the lead male in Lost Girl. Did you watch that? Yes. Yeah, so you know who he is, Yes, right?
0: I know who he is, yes. Good actor. And, and
1: lately, he's also been in Umbrella Academy. He plays a a, a role there called Axel. <laughs> kind of a crazy role. Um, so, yeah, he's sort of our second lead on it. And, and then uh, Christopher Plummer was in for the first two seasons, and unfortunately, uh, of course, he passed away. And um, so it was just so sad. I just love that
0: man. Um, Magnificent actor. Yeah. I. I oh. Worship him. He's amazing. Was amazing.
1: So I had the I had the craziest story with him. So the the first season he was in it a lot. You know he shot with us for fifteen days and um, out of the season. And then the second season we really wanted him, but it was COVID, and you know he he had just turned ninety years old, and he lives in the states, and we were filming in Canada, and the borders weren't easy to cross, and and so we wrote all of his scenes to play on the telephone. And I went down, when we finished filming season two, I drove down to Connecticut to his house, and he lived on a uh, a big estate. It was full. It was just beautiful colors on his property. And I shot all of his scenes for the show with a crew of about six people. Um, and it was just the best way to do it at his house, and it worked out great. Uh, we shot it. Uh, the poor man had to read with me as the off-camera actor uh,
0: <laughs>
1: and, and we were about to shoot the final scene and the light was just beautiful and I went oh guys if we shoot right now we don't have to light this look at this but the clouds are coming in and Mr. Plummer was like oh well the light's perfect let's shoot and we could not find his prop phone it's got a big property and we'd left it somewhere and he said TJ just give me your phone the phone's a phone so he did this scene and in the scene he talks about what's important when you pass away and what you leave behind and it's really just the people you know and uh, connections and you leave everything else behind and that was his final scene and he handed me back the phone and so when you see the show he's like literally using my phone and then uh, three months later he passed away. Wow,
0: <laughs> that's so touching.
1: Uh, it was like such an honor to shoot the final scene he ever did
0: wow <laughs> and I, th- I also think it's amazing what it was about considering what happened later you know
1: and, and the, the I, there's a, a screen grab on my Instagram account of exactly from the scene with him and it looks like the most magical heavenly shot that we just happened to set up so it was very, very fitting as his final
0: shot. Oh, how beautiful. Uh, it must have been so cool working with him for two seasons. Yeah. He, he's just
1: like such a, uh, a a love sponge, too, you know, at this point in his career. Like a real prince. And he was the one guy, I, I could never call him Christopher. I would say, uh, oh, Mr. Plummer, we're going to do this scene now. He goes, TJ, call me Christopher. And I go, okay, Mr. Plummer. Yes, I will.
0: <laughs> and then... <laughs> I bet you drove him a little bananas, TJ.
1: <laughs> we were uh, we we. One of the phone scenes that we shot was in his own personal office with him at the desk, and um, I've got the camera set up and I'm bumping into all these awards and I and I look and right behind you know I'm pushing the camera back as far as it can go. There's an Academy Award pushing into my back. Oh God! Um, this is kind of cool. This is fun. This is. This is a good thing to work around. I mean, it was just like tons and tons of awards that he had
0: won. I could just hear him, don't break my Oscar. <laughs> he,
1: he was so relaxed about us being in his house. This is quite amazing. Uh, and his wife, Elaine, is just so gracious. Uh, just a dynamic couple.
0: I think it must have been really cool for him to do that. I, I, I've I read that a lot of actors like bring their stuff from home for scenes. So that you were shooting in his home it must make him much more comfortable
1: he yeah, he seemed to really like it you know a little and a tiny little group you know there was six of us I think there was only four of us that went in the house to shoot it which is so bizarre that because we shoot a TV series with a minimum of 60 and 60 to a 100 people every day uh, so so quite need to shoot with four people you go hmm what what do all the other people do um, you know I actually know what they do. but uh, Uh, It it just was fun to shoot with such a small crew. Uh,
0: Yeah, I've seen his home in interviews. It's really beautiful.
1: It is. And it used to be part of it was uh, like a big barn attached to a house, and then he joined it together, and then he put another wing on, and it's on the most beautiful property.
0: last scene, because they, I haven't seen the end of the second season yet. I'm about halfway through. <laughs> well,
1: it's right at the end of the second season, but so just to get you through, we had to do that.
0: Got to push myself to watch all of it now. Um, no, it's a really great show. I just, uh, I haven't watching much television. I've been working on my own stuff, so... I've been trying to watch stuff when I can, but I love I love the first season. I'm halfway through the second. I'm enjoying it. It's a really Excellent. good show. Excellent.
1: And, and third season is is really dynamic too. I mean, we just finished shooting it, and you know everything came together. Just shooting on a, a big ferry in Newfoundland, which is a glorious place to shoot, and um, we shot in Toronto too, but um, Newfoundland's kind of where it's set. And so season three is going to be great. But it might be another year until you see
0: it. Yeah, I know. It's just like um, I I like several Canadian shows. One of the ones I like is Frankie Drake Mysteries. We have to wait a year before we get to see any of them. All yeah. the people from Canada are watching it, and they're like, Yeah.
1: Well, uh, oddly enough, we shoot our home for all three seasons is the studio we shared with Frankie Drake. Really. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're always in the Frankie Drake studios the whole time. And Lauren Lee Smith, who plays Frankie Drake, is uh, a guest star in season three.
0: Oh really? Oh I love her. Yeah.
1: yeah. She's she's great. I, I just love her. We I, I cast her in Mutant X and I and I couldn't figure out how long ago it was, and I said, You know, you must have been like in your mid twenties when we started that show and she said I was nineteen.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh,
1: and I did a couple of seasons of that with her, so she's just so good.
0: Yeah, she's. Re- I love that show. I um. I love a show with four strong, intelligent women that love each other and work well together. They don't do that very much, and it's just really cool to see it. It
1: is, and it's You know, we're at the same production company that I'm working for, called Shasbury. And Christina Jennings is the head of that company, and she. Uh, really likes that type of project. And Departure is a lot of strong female characters, too. Like, most of the leads and the guest stars are female.
0: Yeah, so. I noticed that. I love that. I think it's so important that, you know, that uh, at all different types of people and, and, and the show, people can work together. It doesn't matter what your background or who you are is. That's so important. That's one of the reasons I love your shows, because Everybody has a different background And they all work together well And they love each other I mean, there's fights and stuff But that's normal drama But yeah. you know what I mean
1: Yeah, absolutely Yeah um, Well, I always like doing I, You know, I really gravitate towards shows That have a strong female lead um, Over the years Just, I I really like Working with women actors or, You know, rather than just guys all the time So, um, yeah, I guess I do I kind of choose those shows Interesting
0: Well, that's good I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, I was introduced to your work through, I know, you don't want to hear it, Zena. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, Zena. <laughs> no, I love Zena. so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I really I had so much fun shooting that show, and it was so cutting edge and different for the time, and Lucy was so great, but that was kind of the beginning of starting to work on strong female roles because there weren't a lot of them before that. And she came and kicked ass and everyone went, Wow, we need more of those. So there we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna
1: say, so if people haven't seen Departure, it's uh it's on Peacock, uh NBC Peacock which is their streaming. You can watch it there and then uh Canada it's on Global and in most of Europe uh Sky Television just aired season two. So
0: and you know what I like about Peacock? It's on TV, so you, you don't. You even though it's streaming, it's on TV, so you can watch it on your television. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually I I don't have a, that big an issue, but I like watching shows on my TV, and I have a big screen thin TV. I like seeing shows on my TV. I have a smaller laptop. <laughs> it's hard for me to adjust. Yeah,
1: uh, you know you can plug them into each other, but I, I know what you mean. It's so much easier to just turn on the TV and uh, hit the button, and there it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. It just and I mean, I have nothing against the uh, streamers. They're they're good, you know. And all the shows, all the different shows from all the different things are fine. But I just enjoy sitting back, hitting my button, and watching it on television. It's my age.
1: <laughs> got to get a smarter TV that streams everything, because most of them now will hook up to your computer
0: pretty easily. <laughs> actually, the it's not the TV. It is the cable service. They don't.
1: Uh, oh, that, that would do
0: it, yeah. Yeah, because um, there's two um, ones I really love, Acorn and BritBox, and my cable service does not have them.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So that's why. It has nothing to do with so I, I I you know like Discovery Plus we could do that and HBO we could do it and Peacock we could do it, but those two channels they don't and I watch that a lot.
1: Acorn is primarily British
0: and Australian,
1: France, right?
0: British and yeah. Australian.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I think they. Um, If I have this right, they started out being a British company, and then they expanded into Australia, and then AMC bought them last year, or a a percentage of them. So now they're actually an AMC-owned network.
0: Yeah, but I still can't watch it on television. Still, my cable service won't do it. Oh,
1: interesting. Which I find
0: very rude.
1: (laughs) If I do a, a show on Acorn, I'll figure something out for you.
0: Okay. <laughs> and Brit Box is the other one I can't get, I know, and that's that's all British. Oh
1: yeah.
0: And I love that. I love that. Uh, I love. I'm I'm an Anglophile, I guess, because I love British mysteries and British comedies. Well, also, so they
1: do them so well. Yeah. And they they tend to get really really good actors because here's part of the reason they actually don't pay that well in England to actors. So they have to keep working all the time. So the ones that are really good can't be that picky uh, because they don't know when their next job's coming or what it'll get paid for. So this is what I was uh, told. So they they take a lot of jobs, and they, they'll come onto a show even if they're going to have like a, just a small guest role, even if they're a rather large star. So that's why you get all these great actors. Is, unfortunately, they don't pay them enough.
0: I know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and like... Um... The, uh, there was a show called Vicious with Ian McKellen and Derek Jacoby. It had practically every British actor on that show.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good cast
0: just to start with. Yeah, it was a great show. It was so funny. I, 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 I've, I used to love American sitcoms, but they're just not as much fun as British sitcoms. I don't. They, they kind of lost their fun.
1: <laughs> mm, mm. Not really my world, so I don't know. I,
0: I know, I know, I know. But just, my, just my little side comment. Anyway, so what have you been? I know that you've been writing. So what are you working on? Anything you can tell us about?
1: Um, I think I, I think I can say it. So it'll it be out in the trades shortly. But uh, you know, the deal's done. Um, uh, I sold a script that I had written years ago, and it's actually been sold a number of times uh uh vivaldi which is the the composer the composer priest and it's his life story and when i first wrote it we sold it to um to um sony pictures and um brian grazer was going to produce it and then it it, ron howard was going to direct and it kept changing and changing and changing anyways um cut to this many years later john ottman who was the editor on every brian singer movie but on bohemian rhapsody which he won the academy award for Mm -hmm. Uh, uh that that movie did so well for new regency um and they won all these awards were nominated that they said to him hey you know we appreciate what you do we know you're actually a really good director why don't you bring us a project you want to direct and uh, we'll set it up for you um, and he read a ton of scripts and then the interesting thing about John is he's not only the editor on every Brian Singer movie like the X-Men and Usual Suspects he's also the composer
0: Wow
1: but I do not think there's another combo of editor composer on that level of movie ever
0: Wow yeah that's amazing
1: so someone who knew, you know, he was a composer, loved music. Said, "Hey, I read this script, Vivaldi, uh, about the com- and They handed it to him, and uh, of course, it, it, totally in his wheelhouse. And uh, so he took the New Regency, and they bought it, and we've been rewriting it, and we don't know when it will go, but it's it's been great rewriting it, and really fun rewriting it with. Uh, John Otland's notes on it uh, Because he's he's very bright And really knows what he wants And musical um, So I've been redrafting it With my writing partner, Kevin Lund And um very, very excited about it Very excited I, really-
0: I was introduced to Vivaldi From a movie I had never heard of it But there was this movie called Four Seasons by Alan Alda and I just fell in love with the music. I got the record, I got the CD, you know, record when we actually had LPs. Um, uh, and and, that, and the iPod, I mean, I've carried all my Vivaldi wherever I go for my music, because it just it's so beautiful, and it's so, it touches every mood. It's just the perfect music.
1: And he has, uh, you know, a, a crazy life story go along with all that.
0: So. Really? What, can you give us a little hint? I mean, that gives the whole thing away, but I mean, he is a famous composer, so...
1: <laughs> my, my super quick uh, pitch here. So, uh, Vivaldi was born in around uh, 1650 in uh, Venice, Italy, in the middle of an earthquake, and his he was dying, and he was very sickly, and his mother held him up and said, you know, if you let him live, I'll promise him to you. Well, of course, he lived, and He was just instantly a a great composer, his his father was a musician, and uh, he was just like a boy prodigy, he would play for princes and princesses and royal families and stuff when he was in his teens, and and then his mother's like, well, you know, I promised you the the church so you gotta go be a priest, well, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's a normal guy, likes women and stuff, but like, oh, jeez, okay, I gotta go do this. Well, there was a guy who was a a patriarch, which is part of the the, the church, you know, he's a a governor of a whole area of the church in Italy at the time, who saw that Vivaldi had this talent, and when he came out of the seminary, he said, well, okay, I think I know what to do with you, I'm going to put you in charge of an ospedella, which is where they had um, young women who uh, were orphans, and this particular one had a thousand orphans women and the way that they would raise money to keep them going was through their concerts and then it was also how the women would get married they would put on a performance and guys would go wow she's beautiful you know uh, before Tinder or whatever uh, you go there (laughs) and and, and see these women and go I'd like to marry her so he puts Vivaldi in there and you know he's a heterosexual guy but priest and he falls in love with this soprano and he just these two were together forever uh but always in trouble you know they were always so close to each other the church would pull them apart and Vivaldi would come in with more money and save himself and then you know they'd get in trouble again and uh, more (laughs) more money would come in but all during this there's a, a contemporary of Vivaldi's that wanted to take him down and take church back to be you know uh back to very religious and dogmatic and and not as liberal as venice had it at the time and he eventually rises up to the power of being the patriarch when the patriarch dies and uh he finally says you gotta choose you gotta choose the the woman if you choose the woman and you're excommunicated so choose your music or the woman and he chose the woman and he was excommunicated and his music was taken and entombed for 200 years for 200 years nobody ever heard Rivaldi. and then it was rediscovered again starting where it had been entombed in Italy in monasteries uh, around 1927 and so nobody had heard it for 200 years and in 1999 the Four Seasons was the most recorded uh, classical song ever Yeah. so that's that's the story
0: that's amazing. So Alan Oda had something to do with reviving Vivaldi that, that had been entombed by this mean old guy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: um, that's so, that's kinda cool. That's, but, yeah, but it's
1: his, a it's a real love story, you know, because they you know, they gave up everything. They they gave up fame, they gave up fortune. Vivaldi was when he died, uh Anna, who was a woman he was, you know, in love with Uh, Her and only five other people were at the funeral, and Vivaldi wasn't allowed to be born in a cemetery, you know, that was Catholic because he'd been excommunicated. And here's this guy who was so famous in his day and then dropped right down to nothing, um, but then has risen back.
0: Who discovered him in the 20s? Do you know? Was it an archaeologist or...?
1: It's the music started to be discovered in in these monasteries that were falling apart and they they kind of found them in these hidden rooms and Not exactly sure who you know, there isn't particularly one person Of course in our movie. We kind of fictionalized a person that is semi-accurate probably Um, and um, And then it's it took it's still coming out. They still have new Vivaldi pieces that are being discovered uh, because they took it and hit it so well um, so almost every year something new comes out
0: that's amazing, what an amazing story I can't wait to see it when it comes out
1: mm, me too <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're
1: just we're just hoping that Venice can uh, stay not flooded from global warming that long
0: yeah, um, that is an ha. issue
1: <laughs> only saying that because I was looking up the best cities that could get go underwater if uh, global warming continues Venice of course is one of them
0: well Venice has been having problems for years but uh, this is just making it worse
1: <laughs> yeah so that's kind of what that's what I kind of what I've been writing I've got some other projects that uh, I'm writing but you know they're not that close to uh, getting made yet but'm I'm, I'm writing a creature feature uh, with two of my friends I'm loving that I love creature features like alien. Predator and uh, Jaws so, so is
0: it like is, is it still in the baby stages
1: yeah we're still writing it but I hope I can shoot it next year but um, yeah, and and writing some TV series stuff too um, but I'll tell you about them if they get picked up and go because in this business you can uh, you can die waiting <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> I know I've heard that. I've heard that you get really, really close and then gets, it, it, finances blow or something gets messed up.
1: My, my, my longtime editor used to say it's the only business where you can die of encouragement.
0: Um. That's really good. That's a good line. You should use that one of your movies or TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, And you uh, have another thing that you're working on, the TV series, I think. Is it a TV series?
1: I have a a web series. um,
0: Web series, that's uh, it.
1: The web series is super fun. We have to uh, get back to it because it was kind of one of these projects that was done in essentially spare time. But I had um, two friends come to me and say, hey, we would love to do – a story that sort of has lesbian love story themes to it, and, uh, but done, like, beautifully with really strong characters. So we created a show called Pretty Gritty, and it uh, stars my two friends, uh, Nicolette Noble and Stephanie Moore. And the, part of the cool thing that we, we decided to do with the show was <laughs> we shot it all around the world and with a crew of one. To the crew the whole crew <laughs> um, but it's the most cinematic show I've probably ever shot uh, and we just figured out how to shoot with like uh, with nobody uh, Nicolette would help me Stephanie would help me sometimes lights and stuff but we we shot in Los Angeles Joshua Tree New York City Florida uh, we shot Underwater stuff in Florida for a uh, episode that uh where are we mm, oh, the springs there but um and then we shot in iceland toronto newfoundland tokyo osaka
0: wow <laughs> that's pretty pretty uh, diverse group of areas too, so that must have been really cool too. <laughs>
1: So cool, and, and then each episode uh, originally was going to be like an anthology, and each one was its own little story, and then we found a way to meld them all together, so that it's one continuing story. But it was really fun, because if you're shooting with a crew of one, you can get away with incredible things. Like in Tokyo, we would be shooting on high-speed trains, and nobody would bat an eye that we were there. And then we would go to, you know, a restaurant that was at that, you know, very expensive restaurant, and after everyone had cleared out for lunch, they would just let us film, keep shooting, and uh, we shot on fishing boats in Newfoundland, um, we, we shot uh, New York City and Times Square, um, we shot in the busiest intersection in the pedestrian intersection in the world, in Tokyo, that's called Shibuya, on New Year's Eve. Wow. Uh, (laughs) So it it was just a fun logistics thing to go, okay, we're going to these places, we're going in sight unseen, we're kind of writing the script as we go, because we don't know exactly what we're going to land at. Uh, And then even in Iceland, we shot all through Iceland, just getting up at four in the morning and landing at famous places, but beating all the tourists there and shooting at, Waterfalls with no one around, um, super super cinematic. Anyway, very excited about it. We just need to finish it.
0: <laughs> and and uh, so, when do you know when the web series will start? I
1: don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit of a while. Um, we came back, and Nicolette Noble, who's uh, was my writing partner and producing partner on that, uh, ended up writing and selling a, a really big movie to Netflix and then she did a huge sale to Miramax um, I think they were probably the two biggest spec sale scripts of this year in Hollywood um, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden she was uh, out of the picture of being very busy But and which I was like great this, like the best reason ever not to be available to finish filming and doing post on this um, so once her schedule slows down And mine does We'll get back to it
0: So let's hope That she, she is Super successful But she has a little tiny, Little tiny period That she could work on it <laughs> Yeah
1: and it, It'll circle back It'll circle back We just uh, It's in the can We've got a little Tiny tiny bit more to shoot And then um, I think it'll be One of the coolest things I think it's the coolest thing I ever shot it
0: Oh is. that's cool that's By far cool. the
1: coolest thing I ever shot
0: That's lovely and,
1: it was fun for me because I was, uh, you know, the writer, director, producer, cameraman, grit, gaffer, sound guy, uh, everything. Um,
0: did you get coffee, TJ?
1: I did. <laughs> the actresses had to do with their own hair and makeup in the morning, so I ran out to get the coffee for them. <laughs>
0: well, that's okay. That's cool.
1: It's it- very musical, too. Everything's kind of, there's not dialogue, there's not very much dialogue in it, so um, when a soundtrack comes out, it's going to be an awesome soundtrack um, we've got like all of our musical friends contributing music to it, uh, we're going to build a really cool website for people to find the music too, so
0: oh, that's uh, cool.
1: Pretty Gritty, you can it, there's a little bit of an IMDB but there's also, if you go to Instagram and just I think it's just Pretty Gritty or Pretty Gritty TV on Instagram and you can see stills from it so you'll you'll see it's it's super cinematic and you can see where we were all around the world.
0: Cool. All right. Everybody check that out on his Instagram. He's gonna we're gonna shut down Instagram. <laughs>
1: Alright, just look it up. Yes, yeah, it's it's just at Pretty Gritty T V on Instagram.
0: Okay. Um and you also have one more thing that you're doing that sounds really cute.
1: What else am I doing? Um with the puppy? Oh well, yes. There's a TV series called Hudson and Rex, uh, and and Hudson and Rex is uh, a cop show, and Hudson is the cop, as uh, the the guy cop, and Rex is the dog, who's a German Shepherd, and it's based on a series that I think used to be jerk, uh, and and then they turned it into a series that shoots in Newfoundland, in Canada. And it's really fun, and it, it's, uh, it, it's got great valid family values, but if you're not even thinking about that, it's great fun to watch. The the dog is just so interesting to watch, uh, and learning how to film a dog was, was kind of cool. That, um, you know, the trainer is so important, and they're doing off-camera things, getting the dog to look here and there, and bark, and put its hands up, and one of my episodes, the dog had to go from a dock jump onto a boat and they didn't have time to practice it because the boat wasn't there so we watched her for about 15 minutes train this dog who at first was a little shy of it all, all of a sudden now it's jumping on the boat going to its mark standing on its mark oh it's unbelievable
0: that's really cool i've heard that it's kind of interesting for the actors because if the dog gets it perfectly and the actor blows the line everybody gets mad at the actor <laughs>
1: What you also find out, though, is that they have to do commands and talk to the dog all the way through your scenes. So you can be talking your dialogue, and they're like, sit, 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 stay, back, up, up, up. And you're trying to do your lines. And and the guest stars come on, and they're like, what the hell? But the the actors that have been there for a while just kind of blow through it. They're so used to it now.
0: (laughs) So do they interrupt? um I mean they interrupt the dialogue all the time, or is it like oh, in between yeah. the dialogue?
1: oh, they don't care if you're talking they the the dog's the star, so <laughs> you uh you a d r it or you get it in your close up you know you get a chance at it, but in a wide shot, they're talking to the dog through the whole take.
0: oh my <laughs> God, that's so funny that would be a little a little um it a little confusing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it's a fun show. Uh, definitely check that out. It's it's, uh, it's really cool.
0: What color German Shepherd is it? I mean, is it brown and uh, black or is it? Uh...
1: Big. It's a big one.
0: It's a big <laughs> German Shepherd. Okay.
1: It, it looks like a really traditional German Shepherd, but it is big. I mean, this is a big dog. Um. Uh, Really, you, know, you have to think too though actually how to um how to do close-ups because you know the dog's still you know at the waist level of the actor so that's always interesting um, but uh no check check it out check it out i don't know where it shows but you'll, you'll be able to find it somewhere
0: i definitely want to i love shows with animals i just think they're so much fun mm-hmm. um and um do you know what the name of the actor is that plays Hudson?
1: Um, I do. <laughs> Johnny, I'm just trying to think Johnny's last name. Um I'm thinking of two sex. Um Mike, can I think of Johnny's name?
0: I don't know. I think it's the same problem I have <laughs> What's that? It's um, the same problem I have. It's just sometimes right, the they, old age yeah, it just slips right out of your mind. John, Johnny
1: Reardon. John Reardon.
0: John Reardon. Yeah. Okay. I just you know because it'll make it easier to find it where it's playing if we know the lead actor.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's Hudson like the river, and then and and then Rex R E X like a dog would dogwood. If a dog was gonna spell its name,
0: I didn't know dogs spell. So wow, this dog is really talented. Oh,
1: this one that's, This one can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and uh, 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 I, the, uh go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I, I've got one other fun little project I'm doing, but um, which we're gonna film, but uh, I bought this place with my friends in Curaçao, the island of Curaçao, which is one of the Dutch and Chile um, islands, just off of Venezuela, and it's a house built in the 1870s that's completely fallen apart to rubble. And the Dutch and Curaçao governments uh, are putting together some funding to help people rebuild these houses from rubble to majestic thing that they were when they were first built. So uh, we bought one of these, and we're going to uh, embark on rebuilding a mammoth house from rubble. <laughs> and we're going to film it as we do it.
0: <laughs> wow. That's an interesting project. Mm-hmm. How many people?
1: Well, there's, there's three partners on it, but... Uh, it's 9,000 square feet, the house, with nine bedrooms, and a great hall in it that's 4,000 square feet. And then it's on three-quarters of an acre right downtown in Willemstead, Curaçao. And you should just look up Curaçao. It's the craziest-looking island ever. It's Every building is so bright and beautiful, and it has this Dutch-Spanish influence. It looks like no other place in the world... And the whole town of Willemstead is now a UNESCO heritage site. And then this house that we're rebuilding is a UNESCO heritage house, as well as being a Dutch monument house, because it used to be the Democratic Party's headquarters. So that's my crazy project, and we're going to film the building of it, see what happens.
0: That's interesting. It, it, it sounds like it's going to be dramatic because any time you have a project building something, it's very dramatic.
1: <laughs> and this is rubble. Like we're, We just call it the rubble house project right now. Uh, but I have to keep all the existing walls to be part of the funding. So to me, that's, that's a really – because I kind of have an architectural mind, this is just like a project I'm kind of really biting into. Very excited about
0: it. Sounds cool. Uh, do you already like have the plans for what you're going to do or is it part of the the filming is the the design and stuff?
1: I have kind of already done a 3d rendering of it. We, we had the original blueprints and we're keeping the exterior walls exactly as they were and then doing some slight shifts on the inside but that's what I, I have to go down to Curacao and talk to the historical board about how much I can change the inside. Um, But the the exterior, other than we're putting in a swimming pool, will look exactly as it did. And then the venue we're hoping will be a venue for uh, weddings and concerts and retreats because it's nine bedrooms and we're building a huge room that a woman can have her whole bridal party, get her ready. And and the the room that's 4,000 square feet has 30-foot ceilings. And the bridal suite has a balcony that opens up onto that, wow. uh, twenty feet up in the air. So.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So that's the goal. So
0: it sounds like it could be really magical. I mean, I wish you a lot of luck. That's that's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> Either be that, or I'll go broke doing this.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it turns out magical. <laughs>
1: think it will it's kind of a, a great Gatsby sized house so um, yeah yeah
0: that's cool that's really Touch. cool yeah um anyway I want to um do you have any plans for the holiday or I mean I know you're here in California
1: um yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving is fine. It's a Canadian holiday, and everybody always goes, you know, just thinks it's an American holiday, but we have it in Canada too. But in Canada, we do it five weeks earlier. We do it in uh, October. I think it's five weeks. Yeah, a month. Um, which seems to me a better time to do it because it doesn't step on Christmas as much as um, and, uh, the Christmas-type holidays as much as the American. It's kind of like here, it's like the holiday season. So uh, I'm just gonna I'm going to uh, my friend's house for Thanksgiving and then uh, I love this time because then I can just go right back to writing and work uh, and the phone doesn't ring for a while that's so a, catch, catch up on things.
0: That's good. That's really good. Um, yeah, I I, I know. Um, it, Hanukkah is on the 28th, but Hanukkah can be earlier than Thanksgiving, so it's always weird. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's too many people. at once. We could start a petition
0: to move it. Move it back.
1: <laughs> not, not sure how well that's going to
0: go. Well, yeah, because then it'll interfere with all the craziness for Halloween. You know, people go so nuts over Halloween. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you doing?
0: Uh, it's just me and my brother just having a uh, – my brother's a chef, so he's oh, creating please. the dinner and all that, so –
1: the, the one thing that came out of... The only good thing for me that came out of COVID was uh, I really got into cooking. Um, so it became... One of these things where I always knew how to cook, but with restaurants closed and stuff, all of a sudden I was cooking, and then I kind of... uh was kind of six friends of us that kind of bubbled for a while when restaurants weren't open. And uh, one was a vegan, uh, one's a pescatarian, one doesn't like fish, Oof, one loves meat, and... and so, uh, and and I don't eat dairy. So I had to learn how to cook six different meals at mealtime quite often. Um, so chefing became this fun thing. Well, I wouldn't say chefing, but just cooking became such a fun thing for me. Um, out of the blue.
0: I, I, I'm i more of a baker. I can bake. I'm not a really good cook. But oh, I can true. I can do cookies and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: Way, way harder to bake than to cook, I
0: think. <laughs> well, not according to my brother. He's like, no, no, you got the easy part. <laughs>
1: oh, see, I thought I, I think it's harder because you have to follow a recipe, and I'm not good at having people tell me what to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's always so funny because sometimes he uses my mom's recipes, and I mention it. He goes, no, no, it's mine. I go, no, no, it's mom's. I recognize it. <laughs> ah, well, that's great. <laughs> he goes, oh, all right. So it's both of ours. I go, okay, I, I can accept that. <laughs>
1: right. Do you have any uh, favorite shows you've been watching?
0: Well, I I mentioned Frankie Drake, um, but um, I I've been watching uh, Miss Fisher, uh, murder, modern murder mysteries. I've been watching My Life is Murder, which has two of your favorite people in one episode, uh, Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, that was really interesting because apparently Lucy moved night and day in order to get Renee from Texas to New Zealand.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: So that was one of the shows I watched. Um, But I was watching My Life is Murder last season when it was in Australia, so uh, it it was not a big deal, but there were people who had never heard of it, who heard about the Lucy Renee episode, who are now watching the whole show. Oh, so cool.
1: Oh, I haven't haven't seen them in a while,
0: so. Yeah, that was really, it was a good episode. It was the last episode of the season, so everybody was waiting for it, but then they got all hooked into the show, so that was good.
1: Awesome, I'm gonna check that out for sure.
0: Lucy's like Colombo. <laughs> oh, really? That's how she describes it.
1: <laughs> oh, and and she's the lead in it. She's
0: It's her show, yeah, it's her show. Oh, geez,
1: look at me, I'm behind.
0: Yeah, she, uh, she, she's the um, she's a um, ex detective who's now a private detective who consorts with consorts consults with the police department to solve murders. Well, cool That's fine. And, it has all these little different worlds that they peek into, you know like cooking or or bicycling or um this season was winery and there was um there was a uh, um I can't, i'm- am sorry my age there's all kinds there was all kinds of interesting shows. <laughs> Definitely worth watching.
1: Cool. I am gonna check that out. My life is murder.
0: My life is murder. It's a fun show.
1: Of oh, course.
0: Cool. Awesome. And that's that's basically what I've been doing. Um, those were those were the shows I was. Oh, um, no, those were the shows I've been watching most. Oh, okay. Well, that's
1: good. I'll check them
0: out. Um. And I watched Departure.
1: Excellent. And yes. Everyone watch it. We're hoping for fourth season.
0: I, um, Christopher was wonderful in the first season, and he's wonderful in the half of the second season I watched. <laughs>
1: oh, I think you're, you're going to love that last scene he does. It's just so touching.
0: I want to see that so bad now that you told me. I'm, just, I'm almost wanting to like go to the end, but yeah. that's not right. <laughs> yep. Got to earn it. Yep, got to earn it. Anyway, thank you so much for taking time out from your writing to Chat with me. I really appreciate it so much, TJ.
1: So nice chatting with you, Sherry. Um we'll do it again soon.
0: Okay. Oh, uh do you have a website?
1: Um T J Scott Pictures is mine. Okay. It's mostly stuff I've done. I don't know if you can go there. But uh and then I'm on my Instagram, I think it's T J Scott Pictures. Um I don't post a lot on Instagram, but I'm there.
0: Yeah, and to and and the also the the pretty, pretty, pretty gritty one is there too.
1: Pretty, pretty gritty. Look up, at Pretty Gritty TV. You'll you'll like what it looks like. I think it's pretty pretty cinematic. We're gonna put up more stuff soon.
0: Cool. And I can't wait to see your new stuff, especially Vivaldi. <laughs> I I can't wait to see that.
1: Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. you. Okay. Bye.
0: Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thanks. <laughs>